0: You, you, you've seen this scenario before. Uh, I know it happened to me. But uh, there, there's, there's a, the, the school play is going to take place. Little Laquan was, was ready. He had been practicing for a while. Uh, words are not the best for him. Pronouncing things are not the, the easiest for him. And so he had his, his little suit on Ready fresh haircut, ready for the school um, event where he was going to recite the poem that his teacher gave him. Now, on this day, there was going to be 30 speeches, 30 little kids. And so all of them were going to have a time to share and to try to get some type of structure. The principal comes in and the principal says, now we're going to allow there to be a time but the time for you to celebrate your child is not before they speak, it's not during that when they speak, it's not after when they speak. We will at the end, after all 30 children have gone, we will celebrate them all together. So little Laquan comes from behind the curtain, starts walking out towards the microphone, And halfway to the microphone, you hear, you go boy, you looking sharp. And as he turns to the crowd with such a a big smile, a smile so large that you think that the sun could fit inside of it, he begins to, to say his speech, the speech that he and his mom have been working on for weeks and for weeks and for weeks. And he nails that speech just as he and mama had worked on it. And as he pulls away from the mic, through the silence, you hear, that's my baby. Great job. I love you. I know that there are rules. I know that there is structure, but sometimes because of the situation, you just can't help but praise. Today, family, we are going to be talking about the beauty of praise. Praise for our beautiful, amazing, sovereign God. Praise. If you will, please turn with me to Psalms chapter 103. Psalm chapter 103. You know, we've been in our series called uh, A Soundtrack of a Godly Lifestyle. And uh, if you can remember, most of the Psalms are songs, songs that are written out for worship. And these songs are to help us be able to bring forth all that we go through in life and submit it before God and be trained in godliness. Just like other books of the Bible, this book, too, grows us and reforms us and refines us as we hear God's word. But it was to take place in a song type approach. And I love the Psalms because there's a different type of psalm depending on how you're doing. You ever try to try to sing a happy song when you just ain't feeling well that day? You ever be hype, excited about something, and somebody come with a, you know, a a, a breakup slow song? It's just just you, you, you feel out of place. And I love that the Psalms gives us a variety of genres, if you will, a variety of categories of Psalms where we can feel like depending on how we are doing, we know we can connect with God. So there's Psalms of lament, Psalms of confidence, Psalms of thanksgiving and divine kingship songs of wisdom, and psalms that are called hymns. And hymns are, are what typically happen, excuse me, <coughs> psalms are what typically happen during good times. Psalms typically happen when, when life is, is going well. Psalms are, are, are hymns, excuse me, um, hymns typically happen during good times. And hymns are typically uh, the type of psalm that celebrates God as our creator and our redeemer, says uh, Mark Furtado. And I know that you might be saying, well, pastor, you looked outside? Like, like, this ain't the perfect time. Well, honestly, you tell me when is. When when, when are we going to say, as an entire church body, that, that everything's well and perfect. But what I want to do is make sure we are trained up in this aspect of the Psalms because it's important that we be able to celebrate our Creator and our Redeemer. So if you return with me to Psalm 103, we're going to dive in and let the text speak to us. Let it encourage and fill us. And I want, you, I want you in the chat to help me. Help me by providing a synonym at some point. Give me some synonyms for the word celebrate. All right? Some synonyms, some different ways of describing celebrate, to celebrate someone. Psalm 103, starting with verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Praise the Lord. Now, the, the, the term praise the Lord is actually one word in Hebrew. It's a word that gets used often in our media commentary. It's a word that gets used Every day, with political activists as well as political um, um, uh, uh, news reporters, the term is Barak. It's a Hebrew term. The term literally means bless the Lord or praise. And so the reason why we shifted, this is, you guys know, we use the ESV, English Standard Version Bible, whenever we're working through the text. But this week I decided to shift because bless the Lord, while so accurate, uh, is something that doesn't readily come to the mind when you think about God. Huh, I'm thinking I'm going to bless the Lord today. It's It's a term that we should be familiar with. I think Matt Redman wrote a song, 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord. But the term praise does roll off of our tongues a bit smoother. It, 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 it connects with us uh, a, a bit more simply, and you even occasionally hear praise used throughout your day-to-day interactions with people. And so this week, a unique week, I chose to go with the NIV, National uh, International I don't remember what NIV stand for. Y'all got me, <laughs> but I it it continues to use praise all the way through it, and so I wanted us to have that term to just settle in our hearts. So Barak is 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 praise, and we are uh, dedicating ourselves and saying that Yahweh is the source of the greatest amount of power. He is the one who receives all praise. We're praising him, not simply for what he does, but praising because of who he is. All right. And so, and so if this barak, if this praise is what like kind of sets the tone, and it sets the tone in, in two ways. Way number one, it sets the tone by, by not saying, Would you consider praising? It sets the tone by not saying, Might praise be something that you would like to do today? It actually sets the tone as a command. Imagine an exclamation mark behind it. Praise. Like, you better praise. The psalmist is writing to us and saying, here's a command that I have for you to bless the Lord, to praise who he is. And verse 2 gives us a little understanding because we're not going to forget all his benefits. Our entire soul will praise his name because name uh, celebrates who he is, his, his being, the very person who he is with, with no attributes. He is fully God, holy. He, he, is, he is so beyond our earthly understanding, but yet steps into our earthly understanding to provide us guidance. Somebody was praying for for guidance in life and at work. And God wants to constantly give us that. But in addition to simply his name, which is great, we also get the benefits and the attributes and the character to accompany the name. And we won't forget his benefits. So I invite you, as we go through these next 20 verses to uh, to maybe number how many benefits do you see? Many of them are going to be straightforward. Tell me how many benefits do you see? Continue with me in verse three. Psalm 103, verse three: Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. You got three or four just spouting off right there. Forgiver, healer, redeemer, strong, Renewed like eagles, this 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 strength giver. I was uh, I was reminded of an experience that I was able to have with with a couple of brothers from the church. We did something called a tough mutter. Actually, we didn't do that because the tough mutter is more expensive, and you know your boy cheap, so we went with the knockoff tough mutter. It was me and Titus and JD and uh they had these obstacle courses yes uh grown men doing obstacle courses like little kids but it was fun y'all okay i digress the point is we had these obstacle courses and we climbing up these these uh ladders and then we going up these ropes and we swinging on stuff and then there comes a point where you you enter into you, this gigantic mud pit and there's I don't remember if it was barbed wire or wood, but there's some type of surface that you have to get low and you have to army crawl through the mud. Now your whole body is submerged in this stuff. And when you get out, it is, it, you are covered. You, 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 your hand, anything you touch is mud. Your your feet, anywhere you step, mud. Actually, after the whole thing is over, there's a gigantic pile of shoes that people just throw away because every step you take leaves the residue of filth. At one point, even the words we spoke because mud had come up here and you got mud coming, like even what you would say, muddy. You see in verse 4 when it says who redeems your life from the pit like that 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 idea that anything we could say or do would be filthy is is the proper understanding of the pit that God grabbed you from. You 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 not not a pit that was partially dirty like it was kind of, you know, well, you know, I really wasn't that bad. I don't, have a, I don't have a bad story of like drugs in my past life or I don't have a, no, that's the, that's the beauty of sin is, is that it, 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 it levels the playing field. Nobody can come arrogant before the father. We all filthy. And this God equally grabs the rich, equally grabs the man. Equally grabs the woman, the poor, the white, the Asian, the equally says, cut across all y'all were filthy. But I grabbed you out that pit. I redeemed you. I cleaned you up. And not only do I restore you, and, but I, I, re, I make you whole in this redemption. Now, now, now the, the problem is sometimes we forget even these four things that were just sped off quick, right? Because it said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. OK, we're supposed to be praising. Why? Because of his name and who he is and then because of his benefits. And that quick, we just went over like what? Four things, forgiver, healer, redeemer. Isn't that some reasons enough to be praising God? Isn't, isn't that it aren't, aren't those three reasons enough why you and me should be praising, celebrating, blessing the Lord? God continues on, and the psalmist gives us more. Look with me in verse 6. It says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds in the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. My God, my God. So we got verse six, righteousness. Uh, Verse six, justice. You got um, verse eight, uh, compassion, grace, patient, loving, loving. Nine, uh, slow to anger. Ten, uh, forgiving, separating your sins away from you, not repaying your iniquities. Like, like, okay. I, I love this chapter because it's like praise, praise. And you might be one of those people that's sitting at home like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm supposed to praise. And I feel like it's it's just going through a list of what, 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 what reason don't you have to praise? Like, like, like can I run down your, your benefits plan? Can I, can I let you get signed up for this new role, this new job, and we lay out your benefits plan, and then you come to find out that this God is the one that's doing the hiring, brings you into the family, brings you into the fold, and he says, let me let you know all the benefits. Forgiver, healer, compassion, graceful, merciful, abounding in love. Verse six says, injustice for all the oppressed. I'm I'm watching in the midst of, of, of pain. I'm watching some beautiful things take place among the oppressed. I'm watching some painful stuff too. Uh, there's a, a an institute called the Colorado uh, Inclusive Funders. They they came up, and this is not unique to them. Other people have this um, this this uh, resource tool. They came up with to to share the four eyes of oppression. Okay, uh, it's first an, an idea. An idea that someone uh, from a group is better than another. So oppression starts from an idea. Then it is not only an idea, it moves towards an institution. It's institutionalized that someone, uh, that, that, that someone group is better than another and has the right to control another person, and it's embedded in the institutions of society. So it's an idea that moves into institutions that permeate throughout society. Then it takes place in individual relationships, oppression, where you give permission uh, and reinforcement for individual members of the dominant group to personally disrespect or mistreat individuals in the oppressed group. So it moves from an idea to an institution. That institution reinforces that it's okay for individuals to behave this way. But check out this last one. Internalized oppression. Internalized oppression is when the oppressed group that feels bad about themselves and because of the nature of the system and they do not have the power to direct their feelings back towards the dominant group without receiving more painful blows, then there are only two places for them to dump their feelings on oneself and that other people in their same group have the potential of oppressed people oppressing one another. I am uh, thankful that we serve a God that is passionate about justice. I'm thankful that God is exposing ideas that are sinful and systems that perpetuate those ideas and people who hold tightly to those ideas. But what is breaking my heart as well, no, I I love that those things are being exposed, but what's breaking my heart is, is when those that have been oppressed begin to oppress one another and and lash out and act out believing some of the, the, the concepts that were given to them about themselves that just aren't true. And so as I look at our 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 pain that's going on in our community, I'm asking for two things. And a, and a, and a sister said this, she said it in a in a very heated, but such an educational uh, capturing of of the of the of the heart of many black Americans, she said, uh, America should be grateful that all we want is equality and not revenge. And, I'm, and, and, and while I don't know where this sister stands as a believer or not, like, like my prayer is that internalizing racism uh, and or oppression, whatever oppression that is, wouldn't lead anyone to become the oppressor, the oppressor of your own people. Or if you get power, the opportunity to oppress or try to harm others There's a godly way that justice takes place. And I'm grateful that our God is a God of Justice. That's why when I was. And and I don't I don't believe this applies because I don't I don't believe uh, I don't know where he stands in the faith. Uh, Nick Cannon recently said some things that were uh, inappropriate. He's apologized for them. Uh, He's a celebrity guy. Um, But it was it was it was an example of two things, one. we we talked about this uh, back even in our foundations class, uh, uh, Macav, about um, when you continue to like beat down people, they will look for their value in places other than the gospel. So we see this rise of a Hebrew Israelite mindset, where uh, black people are calling themselves the real Hebrews. And his statements said that Jewish people uh, were, not, were not Hebrews. Uh, and, and, and it was a clear, clear example of me of internalized oppression, of, of, of someone that was hurt and going through pain, lashing out at another group who's been through pain. And I know some, another group that's been through pain and it was just wrong. Let's not chalk that up to simply non-believers because we could have the potential of doing that in the church. Let us not. Continue with me on verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, The Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. I love that there's a a continued celebration of all these benefits, y'all. All these benefits. Verse 13 compassion on those who fear him. There is a, a extension of grace that happens. There's common grace that we all get when God does not respond in a manner of anger or a manner of wrath, even though he could at any moment because he's created this world and he's created all things. But there's also and, a, and an extra measure of grace he gives grace to all of creation, but there's an extra measure of grace that he has for those that love him. an extra measure of compassion for those who fear him and 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 it flows out of a out of a covenant out of a a commitment, out of a promise, out of a connection out of I'll, I'll never forget uh, how weird I felt discussing something that was so morbid, but I also had such great peace. Rebecca and I had talked for some time about getting um, life insurance, and so the 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 person comes, and our guy was cool. He actually was is, is a a pastor as well, but he his full time job is uh well he had uh, two full time jobs he's a pastor as well as um, an insurance salesman um, so as we're talking, he's asking me these 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 questions uh, worst case scenario how long would you like this plan to be for uh, do you are your children Cared for, and should they be on this policy? How much dough do you want your wife to have? In the event that this happens, how would you like us to contact you? It's all this like worst case scenario planning. But then, after at the end, when you finish it all and he gives you your policy, he said, Two words. That, that, that summed up everything. He, he told me about, you know, the position that my family would be in, should something happen to me. He told me about, you know, how the, the, the company would come and communicate with my wife should something happen to me. He told me about, like, medical and all these, all these different things. And he summed up in two words at the end. Once I signed, he said, you're covered. Covered. And I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know the date that it will happen, but I know someday I will be leaving this place to be with my Lord. And because of this covenant that God has with us, because of this this promise that he's made with you and with me, with those who fear him, he says, you're covered. You're going to be good. Your family's gonna be good. And so when we think about the benefits that he gives us, we can't help but praise. We can't help but shout. We can't help but say, Lord, you are good. We can't help but celebrate this god because the list of benefits keeps rolling out the door down mac and is headed to chicago y'all come on these benefits are crazy that he gives us allows us to be covered but we got to set the we got to set the scene set it appropriately because this is from children to children. This is generation. This is this is a reminder that his kingdom will rule over all. But it also says that uh in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Removed our transgressions from us. What's the what's the most what's the most disrespectful? thing a person could do to you. When you start thinking about disrespect and just like straight up, what is that? I got to imagine for God, it is when a holy God that's created all things, every single thing in this world. And when we as his created beings, instead of worshiping him, we go and worship something he's created. I think of the the golden calf incident and Mo coming off the mountain and like, man, what is y'all doing? Y'all, I'm trying to seek the Father on behalf of y'all. Y'all gonna create a golden calf? Like gold for real? Gotta imagine that's like one of the, one of those shining disrespectful moments in the life of, of God's people. I, uh, I know for me, I can handle you yelling at me, I can handle you disrespecting me, I can handle you like threatening me as long as you stay over there, you cool. you know I can handle I can handle a lot I can, I can even handle like physical stuff, like yes i'm weird, like i i I've, I've been in the midst of drama and somebody hit me and I didn't retaliate like like as long as I feel still safe i'm good. Something I know is the ultimate level of disrespect for me, though, is if you were to spit on me, is if you were to take the, sal- you know, <laughs> you ain't got to describe it because you already like, if you were to spit on me, and I remember a, a friend of mine, Something. This is a friend who I was with all the time, grew up with a friend of mine. Something came over me and I wrestled with him. Then I pinned him down because he was a little smaller than me. I sat on his chest. I put one knee on one arm, one knee on the other arm. And as he tried to get away, I... Spat on his face. I, I remember how that broke our friendship, our relationship, how, how hurt he was. He went home, told his parents, his parents came and told my parents, I lied about it so the consequence wouldn't be that bad. Yep. But what's crazy is that within a couple days, He had forgiven me. We were back out doing life as if it had never happened. I pray that that's a memory he never recalls. Because it's one that I'm embarrassed of. But 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 these scriptures are helping you see that you have a reason to praise because you and I have spat in the face of Christ. And he says. I will forgive you. I will forgive you, I will separate your sin as far as the east is from the west and hold it against you no more. Forgive you, and so the psalmist ends, like, with a call to all. Ends with this, this, this kind of uh, block party experience, but it's unit for the whole universe. Look with me at verses twenty through twenty-two, okay. It says, praise the Lord, you angels, praise the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you, his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Verse 20 says you his angels and his angels are his heavenly messengers. Excuse me. (coughs) His angels are his heavenly messengers. These, these, they go out and do his bidding. They go out and, and complete the task that he assigns them. So God is, is inviting them to a praise fest. Then you have the heavenly host. And in certain contexts, Heavenly hosts can mean like the sky stars all of the universe, but also heavenly hosts can mean you and I, the Christian army. That's why it says you his servants who do his will. And then lastly, you got coming to the praise fest. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Family, this is a, a um, this is a, a a repeating of the call, because this is a command. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But everybody, everybody gets involved, all right? So, what, what comes to mind for me is something that my mind can't wrap around. It is this concept that I've seen girls kill it my whole life, and it's the concept of double dutch. My, my, it's like double dutch is like an optical illusion for me, all right? It's almost as if, and, and I hope y'all can still see me. Okay, it's almost as if verse 20 is like God says to the angels, I need y'all to come on and praise me. So the angels get in there. They start getting a praise on, all right? And then it's as if verse 22, he says, now I want all creation to come on in this thing, all creation, all things that I have made everywhere in my dominion. And then you get the, oh, oh, oh. And here's the optical illusion for me because I never could know how to get in the middle. How y'all in the middle when both of the things keep going over one another? How you getting, but you know what? That ain't for me. And so you get this double dutch action, but it's like verse 21 says, all right, now my heavenly host, my Christian army, my believers, I'm calling y'all to praise. And we jump right in the middle, getting it, getting it, getting it. Okay, that ain't really how you double dutch, but y'all get the point. This praise fest has everybody involved at all levels. You see the benefits of this beautiful God and you just saying, when is my turn to shout him? When is my turn to celebrate him? When is my turn to say amen? Hallelujah. God, you're so good. God, you are worthy. When is my turn? I can't wait. Family. Family. His benefits blow us away, but his name, who he is, is praiseworthy enough. He's taken us from the the pit of filthiness, separated that nastiness as far as the east is from the west. When we disrespected him, he said, I'll forgive you. I've seen. I've seen praise be quite effective. You know, part of the reason why I praise, and and I can't speak for all black people, because it does happen in a lot of cultures where there's this call and response. But for me, one of the reasons I praise is that it allows me to stay focused. Yeah, I'm sitting in worship, and I start thinking about Football. No, 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 no. Yes, Lord. I hear you, Pastor. Preach it. Preach it. I start daydreaming about the stuff I didn't, excuse me, didn't do it at, at work. Oh, come on, Lord. Let me hear it now. Let me get something. These the small praiseworthy affirmations. Let me let me go to over here and see if somebody put some uh, some synonyms for celebrate. I got jubilation, exalt, extol, rejoice. Come on. Uh, Trini said, guessing hiding." I don't even know what that means. But come on, sister. Hook me up. Uh, we got the amen. Uh, and, and I'm trying to see if I see some other ones. Preach for my brother Jamie. Come on now, pastor. I'm hearing from Elisha. It's, it's, it's part of my reason for doing that is selfish. It keeps me engaged. It keeps me on track with where the... Worship experience is trying to take me. It allows me to dispel other things. And I think praise does that same thing for you. I think when you stop to praise God because of what he has done and because of who he is, it helps you put a few distractions in its place. It helps you get your mind set Back on thee. It helps you rise above some situations because in the grand scheme of things, you know you're covered. My family. I want you to experience the beauty of this praise. And if you are a person that has been listening to this service and you're saying, How could a God that provides all that love a person like me? Then welcome to the party. Because we all were filthy, just like you. But what took what what cleansed us of of our fifth filth was not our good works, was not our education, was not our money. What cleansed us was the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood freed us from enjoying the filth and renewed us, redeemed us, placed a crown on our heads where now we walk in righteousness, knowing that we are royalty because we are children of the king. If you want that, if you want to submit to God and have him cleanse you because of what Jesus did on the cross, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I want to be cleansed. I know that I sin and that I have filth in my life. I want to turn it over to you so that you can make me new. Thank you for your covenant, which is your promise that you will never leave me, never forsake me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, We want to celebrate Jesus with you today, and we want you to to join us afterwards for a Zoom call. We'll break down what the gospel is a bit more and talk to you about the the step that you've made for God. You know, when I first started, um, the the example I gave was of uh, little Laquan. And, and what I've found is that praise is powerful because just like little Laquan went up there and he knew exactly what to do. There's also been, been, been uh, some little Roberts that have gone on and, and, and you've seen this as well where you go and, and because someone is scared, because little Robert goes up to the mic and he's worried, because little Robert is, is fearful as he sees all the eyes staring at him, what he does is throw a temper tantrum. And he, and he goes berserk, and every parent in the room knew. It's because he doesn't know how to deal with the emotion. And so what I've seen teachers do, what I've seen Parents do is not come right away with punishment, consequences, and rebuke, but actually come with praise. Are oh, you okay? You can do it. We believe in you. We you got this, it's gonna be okay, baby. We got your back. You see, praise is powerful, and if you are a part of God's kingdom, what sanctifying work is he doing in you where you are refining the way you praise him and praise others? Are you are, is is that a part of your arsenal? I love that you're a truth teller. I love that you walk alongside people. I love that you care for people and love people. Will people feel like they're celebrated? Is that one aspect of, 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 of what people would say about you? Let the Lord sanctify you in, in, in using this powerful tool of praise, which magnifies his name because he is above all things and the benefits we receive are immeasurable. But also, let your praise encourage both the saints and non-saints because it's a powerful tool that God gives you My family I invite you to join me as we pray God your name we lift up lifting up your name cuts stuff I know I've been there been there when I felt depressed Lord felt low And in the midst of of my low time, choosing to celebrate you when I didn't feel like it, choosing to praise you when I didn't feel like it, Lord, was therapeutic. Father, we've seen the, the power that our words can have when we celebrate and bring praise towards one another. Help our church community to thrive and operate in that, Father. Will there be some challenge we have? Yes. Will there be some pointing out of of, uh, shortcomings? Yes. Will there be tension at times? Yes. Will there be praise? Yes, yes, yes. But God, above all things, you are worthy to be praised. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.